Okay, welcome to episode 91 of the Pushing Rubber Podcast. This is Adam Piggott, your host with a beer in his hand. A beer in his mouth. Uh, episode 91, creeping along to 100. Um, I don't even know how long I've been doing this podcast. I mean, let's have a look. Uh, let's have a look here. It's going to take a while to load. I've got the new house... I've got landline and wireless, and the wireless is really shit. It alternates between great and nothing. But I haven't got a landline connection upstairs, so I have to run the cable up the stairs into the room, and it's just horrible. So I've got to get a Sparky to come around. We call electrician Sparky in Australia, even though... I don't know what they call them in Holland, electricians. Um, it's over two years. Let's have a look. What date was this? Does it give a date? Pushing Rubber 101. That was my first broadcast. No, it doesn't give a date. This is two years ago. That's pretty shit. That could be two years and fucking 11 months. We don't know. What a lot of shit. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for dropping in. Thanks for listening to old me saying my stuff. Um, been a pretty tough week. Been a pretty tough week. Um, personal shit going down, which I then let impact my work. Um, which is not cool. And is personally for me extremely disappointing. Because I never appreciate it when people bring their own personal crap to work and dump on everyone else. I didn't dump on everyone else. Oh, I suppose I did. I didn't dump. I just was... Let's just say I was unpleasant. Let's just say I had the look of death going. Uh, let's just say I was negative. Um, and fair enough. But don't take it to work. Don't take it to work, guys. Don't. Look, everyone's got shit that we're dealing with. I do a cool job. Helicopter, underwater escape trainer. Firefighting trainer. Advanced firefighting trainer. Um, all sorts of stuff. I'm cleaning the dust off my keyboard. All sorts of stuff. Um, it's fun. But uh, I was forgetting the fun. And so my new, my new um, objective now is to A, provide the best training course on the topic that anyone walking in my class has ever had, and B, make it fun for all the staff concerned who are working with me. That's my new objective. As regards to my day job. That's my objective for the day job. For the after hours job, which is this, the blog, the podcast, the books. Um, keep doing what I'm doing, but at the same time, get this third book out. Um, and I feel like, well, look, okay, what's happened? I'm not going to go into personal details. I'm not going to go into personal details. 
can all speculate if you can be bothered, but I don't know why you'd want to. It's not, it's not exciting. Not exciting when you stretch the imagination. It's just, it's just shit. Um, but what I will say is that the good wife and I have spent the last 10 years keeping our heads above water like ducks, you know, calm on the surface and legs furiously working below water. That's been us. When you think about it, back in 2011, the beginning of 2011, so over six years ago, seven years ago, we left Italy on the bones of our ass. I think by the time we paid for everything, moving our stuff halfway around the world, visa, working visa for my wife, which costs thousands in Australia, um, all the other costs we had, settling up in Italy. So I walked out clear as a bell. So I could, I could go back there afterwards with no issues of owing money or anything like that. I think we rocked up in Australia with about five grand, which was enough to buy a shitty car. Um, and that was all right. We knew that because we knew it was a short-term hit, but the long-term, the long-term ramifications of staying in Italy would have been horrendous. So we took the hit. So that was the first move. Italy to Perth via two weeks in Holland. Beginning of 2011, January 2011. We rocked up, we ended up staying with a good mate of mine, Mark, at his place, his spare room, for about four months until we could nail down a house to rent. It took that long because Perth was going through a major mining boom at the time, it was right at the peak. And, um, there was huge competition for houses and we needed secure incomes and we needed enough money for the deposit, which was thousands, thousands and thousands. We needed to get back on our feet and we also needed to wait for all our stuff to arrive <laughs> from Italy and it didn't arrive until May. It took five months to get down there because we, we played the cheapo version on that time. Whereas when we moved back to Holland this time, we paid the not cheaper version. It was a lot quicker, let me tell you. And in that, I got a job in mining exploration. So two weeks away, one week home, two weeks away, one week home. The good wife sitting at home didn't get her uh work visa through till i think august you'd wait eight months or something like that so i was away for two weeks she knew hardly anyone the house that we read it was a lovely house and lovely area but no knew no one in the area what does she do it's, you know tough tough hard bit by bit we get other jobs she gets a job i get a different job Then we decided to move to Melbourne because, for various reasons, I'll just say for various reasons. So there's another move. Arrive in Melbourne, re-establish yourself again, jobs, 
moved again while we were in Melbourne because we took the first apartment we could get and then 18 months after that we got something decent. That's the fourth move by now. Um, and then last year, 2017, we decided finally to move back to Europe. We had enough money. We'd done everything we wanted to do in, in Australia. We weren't happy with Australia. My wife, for her reasons, me for my reasons, and anyone following my blog knows why I left Australia. Back to Holland. First time in Holland for me to live. Been here visiting, but first time to live. So that was just over a year ago. So that's the fifth move. Big move, obviously. Rent a place here. Jobs, establishing yourself, getting everything worked out. And straight away, when we came back, the good wife basically was able to keep her job with a major company. They paid for relocation costs as well, which was nice. Not all of it, but some money towards it. So when she arrived here, I think she had about three or four weeks off, and then she was straight back into it, whereas it took me a few months to find work. And she got slammed with this contract in a, in a different city in Brussels, so she had to go away for three nights a week to that. And the whole idea was we were going to get back to Europe, and specifically the good wife was going to get back to Holland after close to 10 years away. I mean, you can count that with the years in Italy as well. And she was going to get her old life back. And... And she hasn't been able to do that. And then we moved again because we bought our house in May. So that's six moves. Major moves now in seven years. There's nothing as exhausting as moving house, I tell you. Nothing. We are fucking move house professionals. God, if I, if I count the number of houses that I've lived in around the world. Jesus, mother of God. Not counting, like, from when I moved out of home when I was 17. Because that's what... That's what men actually do. They move out of home when they finish school. That's what you do, guys. You finish school, you move out of home. You want to be an adult? Move out of home. That's it. If you're living at home, sorry. can't take. I can't take you seriously. I won't even begin to take you seriously. It means I... Couldn't take most of my Italian friends seriously for a very long time. That's a culture difference. But Anglo-Saxon, no. No. Oh, but we save money. Don't care. Don't care. <gasps> Makes sense to stay at home. You know, I can save money. Don't care. Don't care. You're not learning any life skills. You're, you're, you're perpetuating your, your adolescence. Extending it. It's all you're doing. Making, you're making it harder for yourself down the line. You need to get out there and work out by reactions of other people that you share houses with that you actually have no life skills, no social skills, you are repulsive, and you need to actually get shit together in a major way if you want to stop getting kicked out of homes. That's what you need to do. Okay. Um, so how many houses have I lived in? Oh, oh my God, I can't begin to think. I can't begin to think. Wow. All right, let's do a rough guesstimate. Perth, let's say six. Sydney, there's seven. 
up at Cairns, 8-9. Uganda, 10. Back to Perth, 11. Back to Italy, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. At least 25 different houses in my adult life. Holy fuck, that's a lot. The thing is, like I said, we haven't stopped. And so we finally bought this house, our house. We purchased our first home for either of us in May. We moved in. We we did 10 weeks of just ball-busting work to get the upstairs in order. We, we did a great job. And we got all that done. We got the floorboards down, even though the floorboard company were a bunch of cunts at the end of it. But I learnt lessons there. I learnt lessons. What lessons do I learn? I give them 30% when they give me the quote. I give them 30% on delivery. I give them 40% with job satisfaction. That's it. That's what I learned. And the thing is, we were were getting our own place was supposed to be the arrival. That's what we told ourselves. We've been scrambling all this time and we don't have to scramble anymore. We don't. We don't have to scramble. We've got our place. We've got everything paid for, lockdown. Bought a new car the other week. Not new, but secondhand, but, you know, a new car for us. Cash. Aaron, Aaron Clary, paid cash for it, mate. Cash. Fair whack, cash. We could have paid easily half up front and just financed it for two years. Cash. Aaron will be proud of me. Um... I almost actually, I'll be honest, I almost went down the finance for two years and just, which would have cost us 800 euros or something so we didn't have the big financial hit and the good wife went, cash, don't believe in in, in loans apart from for the house. Not only got no choice. She's a good girl. She's a good girl. We've got everything sorted. We've got to do some work downstairs in the house. I need to get the fireplaces sorted out for this winter. i got to get the heater fixed up. And we've got to redo the kitchen. That's it. And that's, that's going to be done in stages. I haven't got to redo the outside. That's going to be done in stages. There's no problem. There's no problem. There's no stress on us now. We've got And the, and the good wife has stopped the contract in Brussels. That's over. Done. Finished. She's at home now every night. And that's when it happened. We got... Three weeks ago, the good wife finished her contract. And she was at home and she's got three weeks off. She's had four weeks off work. On the beach, they call it, in consulting, on the beach. And she's been falling to bits. And it's been affecting me. And I've been affected by it. And we thought that there was a problem with us. I'm, I, after all, I'm telling. I, after everything, I'm telling the world what's happened. There we go. No one listens to the podcast anyway, so it doesn't matter. We didn't know what the problem was. We thought it was with us. When you don't know what the problem is, and you're not, and it's all going to shit, you think it's you. Like I said when I wrote it, when you're in the middle of it, nothing makes sense. 
Nothing makes sense when you're in the middle of it. And it wasn't good. She got frustrated and I got frustrated and... And what was the problem? The problem was after 10 years of scrambling, after 10 years of keeping your heads above water with all the shit that's going down, when you finally stop, what happens? The shit comes out. That's what happens. The shit comes out. And that's it. And that's it. And I finally worked it out on Sunday. Sunday, I finally worked it out. Finally worked it out, and I said it to the good wife. And the light dawned in her eyes as she realised that I was right. That's exactly what had been happening. And it wasn't a problem with the two of us. And it was simply exhaustion and all the crap coming out. That was it. And it doesn't sound like a big deal but it's been a really big deal. Because when you don't know what's wrong, you assume the worst. And you start talking in your own head. And the voices are the worst thing of all. The voices are the worst. So I went to work on Monday after sun, after the whole weekend, it really started big time from last Tuesday. From last Tuesday to Sunday, it was all that time of everything coming to a head and us not knowing what was going on and thinking the worst, assuming the worst, dreading the worst, and it wasn't the worst. But we didn't know that. It took that to work it out to finally identify the real issue going on. So by the time I went to work on Monday, I had zero fuel in the tank. Zero. There was nothing in there at all. I had nothing. And I was just, oh my God, the worst, the worst working day I think I've ever had in my life. It was horrible. I should have caught in sick. I should have caught in sick. I said to, I said to my manager, is amazing. He's probably the best manager I had. I said to him yesterday, I should have caught in sick that day. And he went, yeah, it probably would have been better. <laughs> And so I'm exhausted as well. And then I, I, and so Monday I didn't do, I don't think I did a post. I just didn't have anything. I didn't know, I didn't, it wasn't even going to, I wasn't even close to writing anything. What am I going to write? I've got nothing in the tank. But it's good. It's all good. And I've packed the good wife off. She likes going on this spa retreat to this and she's got a specific place in Slovakia that she likes to go. And I said, God, 10, not a week. I said 10 days. I insisted on 10 days. A week, a week is enough to set you where you need to be but not get you there. You need a week plus at least another three or four days on top of that and that's when you get the real. And she used to turn off her phone, not take her work computer, those are the orders. And I'll have some time by myself at home. I'll have 10 days and I can just... 
and just be. And sometimes you need a break. From the people that, uh, in this case, the good wife, the people that I live with and it's important, most important to me, sometimes you need a break. You need a break. You need to get your own headspace back. And that's why, that's why I value her so much because not only does she understand that, she needs that too. There's nothing worse than being with a chick who has to be with you all the time. All the time. Don't want that. Don't want to know. You don't want a girl like that. And you can you can train them. You can train them. Get them young. 18, 19, 20. Train them. Let them know what the boundaries are. I'll be with you for a certain amount of time. But I have my own needs and requirements. You get your own needs and requirements. You know, sort yourself out. Sort yourself out. That's important. It's critical in a relationship to be able to have that balance. Have the balance of we do stuff together and then I do my stuff and you do your stuff. We have common friends and I have my friends and you have your friends. Any other piece, person needs to understand and not just respect that, but encourage it. Encourage it. I encourage the good wife to go out with her friends. Go out with your friends. She encourages me to go out with my friends. Go, you haven't seen your friends for a while. Go out with your friends. Go out with your friends. All right, all right. Yeah. And I'm doing a trip. I'm off to uh, Italy again in a couple of weeks. An extremely good friend. He featured heavily in Run Guts Pull Cones, my second book, which I'm sure all of you have purchased. And reviewed on Amazon, shout out. I just want to give a good shout out quickly. Uh, the last podcast, I did a, a request for people to throw some reviews on my books. And a few of you came through. Marco Lombardi, thank you very much. Um, anonymous Amazon customer, very good read. Adam's story is available for any man. There, Adam, I did it. The there, Adam, I did it kind of spoiled it a little bit. <laughs> you kind of gave the way there, gave the game away there a little bit. But I still appreciate it. I still appreciate it. Um, and I think I've got one on Run Guts, Paul Cones as well. I've only checked the American one, actually. I should check the UK one and see whether or not uh, guy um, read The Count of Monte Cristo before mine and even though that set very high literary, literary standards by Dumas was still very impressed with my book. Thanks, bro. Uh, let's check Amazon UK. Let's check Amazon UK. Let's check Amazon UK and see if anyone comes through on that for me. <gasps> I think we have. Uh, yep, S. Riggs. Thanks, bro. Thank you very much. Um... <laughs> if nothing else, this book shows the value of working with an editor, which many others in this sphere, cough, Aaron Cleary, cough, could really learn from. <laughs> Sorry, Aaron is right. Um, 
thanks guys I really appreciate that reviews like that help the book sales you have no idea how much they help the book sales uh, they really really do so once again if you're uh, listening to this and you've bought my books and you haven't left a review please jump on and re leave a review um, if I can get to 50 reviews on the US uh, Amazon one I'll be in line for a major promotion that I'll be able to I'll be able to exploit that and use that yeah so leave some reviews anyway Brungut's Paul Cohen's one of the main characters in the book Didi's getting married and I, I'm best man and um, I'm quite uh, quite thrilled quite honoured to have been chosen because he's he, he really could have gone with a few guys there specifically Italian mates who, and he went with me and I'm um, I'm 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 very chuffed about it so off to Verona uh, in a couple of weeks and um, it's going to be a three dayer and it's going to be um, I know because is the biggest party animal of all time that I've ever met it's going to be his own wedding is going to be absolutely brutal and it's going to be really brutal because there's only going to be the four of us there's going to be him his fiance, me and her witness that's it um, and we it's I, I know the plans he's got. In, oh my God, it's going to be brutal. It's going to be brutal. And you know what? Better timing than this, I just can't imagine. I just can't imagine better timing than this. I mean, I really need to blow off some steam. I really need to. I'm going to take a bunch of cigars with me. I'll tell you that right now. I need to work out a gift to give him. I need to work out a gift. And I think I've got it nailed down. I think I've got it nailed down. He doesn't listen to this podcast. I don't even think... I'm pretty sure he doesn't even know that I do it, but I, I, I don't want to say what I want to get him. But let's just say... It'll be something personal that he will keep with him for the rest of his life. It will be... Something that goes in his pocket. And it's not a wallet. Right, I'm going to get him a really fucking... U-Butte Smicko DuPont... Uh, cigarette lighter like one of the best ones you can get I'm really going to really splash out an, an artwork that's going to be the um, that's going to be the gift for him so um, so yeah I'm going to go over there and just let off some major steam um, so that's going to be that's going to be a lot of fun that's in a couple of weeks time so the I think the good wife gets back from her thing on the Sunday, then I go across to Verona on the Wednesday. Uh, and I'm there till Friday, so I'm there two nights. Um, I think we, there's, a, there's a restaurant in Verona, a, um, and a, a seafood restaurant that we're going to hit the night of the wedding. And then Thursday, the plan's to go to Venice. And um, Dee Dee's a lawyer in Venice, and uh, he knows all the spots, and it's just going to be... Um, sensational and right at the end of september uh, no beginning of october that's a great time to go into venice that's when the crowds have really dropped away so um i'm going to break out one of the one of the good suits might even get the, a nice a nice waistcoat in as well um tie it up proper four nut four knot on the thigh make it all whoosh. it's 
going to be looking smick. It's going to be looking great. There's nothing like dressing up and going out to town, especially a town like Verona and Venice. I mean, sensational. Absolutely sensational. Uh, a few people have asked, what car did I pick up? Uh, for the goodbye for now. I splashed. I splashed. We've been driving an Audi, uh, a pretty new Audi, for the last um, six months. No longer than that, since the start of the year. And that's through the good wife's work. So basically said, here's X amount of money per month and you can go lease a car. And the good wife came to me and went, what, what, I, what do I want to get? And I went, well, baby. And the, the Audi has been um, uh, really nice. And I drove it to Italy and it was, it was very, very nice. Second-hand cars are quite pricey in Holland. They hold their value, which I suppose is good. And I wanted I wanted to get a car. I wanted to get a car that we could keep for at least the next five years. So I was looking for high-quality car, lots of fruit, which means lots of added extras, um, safe. And for me, safe means it's got to be a certain size. You can't go for small cars. In, in, a, in a collision, the bigger car wins. That's, that's how it works. So I like to go for bigger cars. Um, and I wanted something fairly new. Oldest, six years old, with low mileage. Low mileage was key. And I had to keep it below a certain price. And I was looking at cars, looking at cars, looking at cars, looking at cars. And oh, my God. Going nuts looking at cars. Oh, I wanted a warranty for major parts, at least a year on something going pop. And I think I looked at every major brand except one, which was Mercedes. And the town, the hometown of the good wife, actually has a Mercedes outlet. And so I, I got, a couple of weeks ago, I got this. I'll just check them out online and see how many cars I got. And they had... 40-odd cars, and the prices were amazing. The prices were really competitive, and it's a place they just want to... They're all trade-ins, and they just want to... And the, basically, the other Mercedes dealers use this outlet to funnel out their trade-ins. So we picked up a 2012 C-Class Sports with all the fruit. Um, and only 60,000 kilometres on it. I don't know what that is in miles, but I don't know, 40,000 or something like that. So the, the owners, they put 10,000 kilometres on it a year. And that's what we got. And um, paid cash. And I've got to say, I prefer the Merc to the Audi. The Audi is a beast. And we've got the... A4 two-liter diesel Audi with S line and every, every fucking extra on it you can imagine, and it is it is it is slung really low to the road and it looks like a beast and it drives great. Mercedes looks great too, but the Mercedes just I don't know it just seems to just seems to sit better. The only thing where the Audi's better is a really tight corner. 
and you can take the, you can take the quarter and the Audi, and the Audi's a longer car, but you can take it fast. It sticks to the road, glued to the road. This Audi because it's so low. But no, so that's what we got, and I'm I'm quite happy with that. So that car, that's a that's a five year car at least, uh, which will be good. So that's what's been going on. That's all the shit that's been going down. Lots of shit going down. The culmination of 10 years is now. And I sit here and and I know I just need a break. I know I just need a break. I knew I needed a break on Monday when I was coming home and I knew I was not going to write any article on the blog because there was not anything that I had any... (laughs) There was not one topic or anything that... I couldn't have pulled it out of my ass if I tried on Monday. And I wrote the thing, the article last night, I don't know what to call it an article, Stop Making Sense, with some sort of stream of consciousness, random rant. People liked it. Thank you for all the comments on it, everyone. I uh, I really appreciated all the comments I did. <coughs> um, and there were, there were there were some lovely comments of support on there, and I, I wasn't I wasn't writing it for that. But they were they were added extras, and I appreciate all of them. I really did. But I was writing it just to. Why did I write that post yesterday? Why am I doing this podcast today? I'm pretty sure that a lot of my readers and listeners get this image and idea of Adam Pickett sits at a certain level, smacks it out of the park, and the reality is, like everyone else in the world. I am just as susceptible to the same shit as everyone else. Everyone is dealing with shit. Everyone that you see walking down the road, everyone that you encounter driving down the road, everyone that walks into your office workplace everyone is dealing with a mountain of crap that's the reality because ultimately that that's what we're here for we're here to deal with a mountain of crap a lot of it is self-inflicted a lot of it is because of avoidance issues A lot of it is because we're lazy. A lot of it's bad luck. A lot of it's pure randomness. But empathy is understanding the human condition and understand that everyone else else out there is is struggling just as much as you are, if not a lot worse. that's, That's the reality. And being able to Acknowledge that while dealing with your own shit at the same time. 
That's the key strength. And, and, I, and I let that slip this week, this last week. I let that slip. And I've got it back. And I think I'm definitely the better for it. I'm definitely the stronger for it. And you're always, when you take a step up, you need to take a little step down to bounce up. I know that. But it still doesn't sit well with me. It still feels like failure. And that's just because I have high expectations of myself in certain areas. In other areas, I don't give a fuck. But in certain areas, I have very high expectations of myself. Very, very high. Hey, you want to hear something funny? Let's turn off the serious button. At work, and I'm going through the canteen at work, and I pass by two trainees walking out the door. And I don't know, they're in their mid-30s or something. And one of them's like, oh, you know, what are you studying at university? And the other guy, and the other guy looks like a soy beater fuck. He's got the beard. He's got the fucking, the slick back hair. He's got the whole slouch shoulders. What are the soy boys? They don't have squared, they don't have broad shoulders. No soy boy has broad shoulders. Uh, Chateau Hartais put up a photo of all these soy boys in a wood. It looked like a prelude to some Slovakian gay pornography video. Here they are. They're all holding their fists up in some sort of... No broad shoulders amongst them. They've all got slopey shoulders. Almost all of them have facial hair of some scraggly type. Not one of them has a decent haircut of any style. If I'm going to name the hairstyle that most of these guys have, it's Adolf Hitler's slick back. It's probably the gayest... It's probably the gayest photos I've seen outside of... of momentarily seeing gay porn or something like that. It really is unbelievable. I'll post a link down to it. I'm not going to post the photo on my blog because it's just horrendous. But none of these none of these guys have a physique of any kind. And they're all holding their fists up in like some version, white version of the Black Power salute or something. And it's it's horrible to see. As in it's just embarrassingly bad. But anyway, so these two guys, and this is what these this is what they look like. This lot here, and like I said, I'll send a link. Let me let me click on it now. So, low T thing. So I remember to post that up. And they're walking through the door. They're basically they're walking out, and I'm walking in, and out, and I just walked past them. So I got like four seconds, and I caught the snippet of conversation, which was, "Oh, so what are you studying at university?" And the other soy boy beta fuck goes, "I'm studying leadership," and I just. As I walked through the door, my just my head dropped, and I kind of just shook it in exasperation. I'm studying leadership. <sighs> I know there are so many bad courses, so many bogus courses at university. Puppetry, of course, is a famous one, or the songs of Miley Cyrus, you know. Something like this. These are all infamous. Women's studies, black studies, black women's studies, black women transgender studies, black women transgender disabled athlete studies. Uh, I know there are so many bad, bogus, worthless degrees, as Aaron Clary would call them out there. I know that. 
But if there's one degree that I hold in contempt more than any other degree, without a doubt, it is anything with the term leadership in the title. Going to university to study leadership is like going to a nunnery to study how to give blowjobs. It, or going to a brothel to study purity. I don't know. Studying leadership is so intrinsically wrong on every level that it's impossible to start anywhere to, to break it down. But for me, that's the most worthless degree. In the future, if I'm ever running a business or I manage something and anyone walks through my door looking for a job and they have a leadership degree on their resume, that is a giant red flag to say, fuck off and die on your way out and don't make a mess. Leadership is something that you learn and earn. That's what leadership is. You earn it because you're in the situation of learning off other leaders and working your ass off while you're doing it. You learn leadership by both example and natural ability. The left hates natural ability. The left wants equality, right? So if you work really hard to play, study the guitar, but your natural ability is, is in a dumpster, and someone doesn't work hard at all, but their natural ability is off the charts, the left really has a problem with this shit. Leadership is a huge, based on a huge percentage of natural ability. And it just shows in how you interact with other men. How you're able to step up and, and manage a group spontaneously. Without being a jerk off without pissing everyone off, without ever putting your hand up and saying, I'm the leader. So to go and study leadership as a degree, oh my God, I, I can't even begin to say how awful that it is. And so this was my funny, I was just walking past and I heard this, I just, oh... Is there a worse degree than leadership, really? Don't, don't say puppetry, because obviously puppetry is a joke, yeah? Obviously a degree in puppetry is a joke. Obviously a degree in gender studies is a fucking joke. That's obvious. But to the uninquiring mind, a degree in leadership on the surface might seem worthwhile kind of like a degree in communications communication studies 
Communication studies is bad enough, but it doesn't have the potential to do as much damage as a degree in leadership does. Anyone possessing a degree in leadership should never, ever, ever be appointed to any position of leadership. Ever. Ever, ever with fucking cherries on top. My categories with me. Juki, do you agree with that? Hmm? By his silence, he concurs. Shout outs, Aaron Clary. Captain Capitalism sponsors this blog. What a, what a boss. What a boss, Aaron Clary. Aaron, you and I have got to hang out sometime. Get your ass over to Europe. I've said it. Get your ass over to Europe, mate. I haven't checked out his uh, videos this week. Um, let's have a look. Uh, you're not capable of being a digital nomad. That looks good. Surviving Seattle as a conservative. Yeah. Uh, should young men join MGTOW? Obviously not. Uh, how worthless degrees ruin women's lives the Clary test John McCain and John Kerry that'll be brutal the Clary test on David Draymond who the fuck is David Draymond he's got some bald fuck singing is he singing what is it what is it what is it with 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 pop stars now being so unattractive Male pop stars. It's like they, they purposely go out and pick the other ugly ones. What the, What's his name? Ed um, Sheenan, is it? Oh, let's have a look. Let's have a look. Is it Ed Sheenan? Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. This is the most unattractive man to grace... A rock or pop stage. Ever. Ever. He is the epitome of Peter Soy Boy Cuck. And I'm sure his songs back that up. I'm sure his songs back that up. And I, I, I classify his music as projectile vomit. As in, whenever I hear it, that's my reaction. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. Captain Capitalism. Check out his arsehole consulting. Check out his books. Bachelor Pad Economics. Worthless. Reconnaissance Man. Uh, Enjoy the Decline. Curse of the High IQ. Uh, the Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty. Um... Check out all his stuff. Cappy is a good guy. He works hard. And he speaks truth. And that is a rare and valuable trait in today's modern world. Okay, and I, I've, I've never met Cappy in person. I'm a little bit disturbed, though, because I look forward to the day that him and I meet. Because I know that we're going to crack out the cigars. And I was thinking also crack out the whiskey, but... I was listening to his podcast this week where he said that he doesn't drink anymore. What the fuck? 
What are we supposed to do then when we meet up? If you don't drink anymore, what the fuck are we supposed to do when we meet up? Fucking hell. Why are people stopping drinking? What's wrong with drinking? You just don't exaggerate. What was my first, first trait of the modern man? Number one on the list, the modern man is moderate. And Cappy said something, I don't drink to save money. Oh, God. Look, you can't take it with you when you die. And he's, he's probably thinking now, well, you just bought a fucking Mercedes. And I'm like, all right, cunt. Okay. Fucking hell. Seriously. Seriously, Cappy, we're going to meet up. None of this fucking I don't drink bullshit. None of that. What are you going to drink? Fucking strawberry wine all night? Fuck. Hand in your man card. This has been Adam Pickett, Pushing Rubber Podcast. Uh, if you like this podcast, subscribe. If you like the blog, subscribe to that. It's creeping up. It's creeping up. I think I'm up to 312 or something like that. So It's, it's, it's safely over 300 because it always drops back a few people come in and they go. They go. I don't know what they expect. I get, for every, I get six join and two will drop off. Like, are you annoyed that I that I do every day? So you get an email every day, or are you annoyed that I um, that I burst your bubbles? That's probably the bubble bursting. Um, if you subscribe every time I write a post, you get an email from me. From me, it goes out automatically. I don't even know who's on the. I don't even. I can't. If I want to send an email out to my subscriber list, I, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to. Um, buy my books, Pushing Rubber Downhill, A Journey to Manhood via Whitewood Adventures. Run Guts, Pull Cones, A Rafting Adventure in the Italian Alps. They are great books. I know because I wrote them. Um, this has been a cathartic podcast. Thank you for listening. And thank you all for, um, for digging what I do. Yeah? Thanks for digging what I do. You know, I really... Uh, I really appreciate that. It warms the cockles in the heart to you guys. Don't you go changing. All right. I'll talk to you next week. Ciao.